So be praying uh, for that. And, and, and also for you. Where, you know, where are you with your neighbors? And maybe they're all saved and all straightened out. I want to, I want to bring people to church with me. I, don't, I almost don't ever want to come. This morning I invited several people. I got some people I invited. They're here. I got people I was texting this morning. And I'm always wanting to bring people to church with me. Somebody said they're ready for Jesus to come back. I said, man, I'm not ready. I got my ticket, but I ain't cashing it in. We're going to load the bus. Amen? Hallelujah. If you got your Bibles, open them up to Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. I think I got some water there somewhere. Is that mine? Oh, Pastor Mark is in Kenya. He texted me this morning. He said, I already preached twice. That was at 730. I'm like, wow, that boy's blowing it up. He's already preached twice. Uh, I, I think they're they're probably I think Caitlin said it was two forty five then seven I thought it was more than that seven okay so it's he's getting ready to go to bed jeez we're having lunch dinner tonight anyway he he was really excited I told him just bring me back some Kenyan coffee hallelujah so um he's uh he's they're they're just they're having a great time they're excited um, I'm sure maybe we, um, we'll get some more testimonies as as we go. And uh, I didn't really have a title for this message, but uh, there was a, there's a scripture in Second uh, Corinthians chapter 10. It, it talks about punishing disobedience. And I just, I just titled this, Punishing Disobedience. Amen? Punishing Disobedience. Now, I don't know exactly what that means, but it's, it's, if, you're, if you're walking in disobedience, you've got to deal with it. Amen? Hallelujah. Luke chapter 5, we're going to start with verse 1. And uh, it says, so it was as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God. I like that. They pressed in to hear the word of God. That he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from there and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. I guess that's the way to keep him from crowding him up. He got out in the water a little ways. When he stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Now, this is the Son of God. This is Jesus. It's a word from the Lord. Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. When we talked about don't be moved by what you see, feel, or don't even what you think. If you get a word from the Lord, you've got to act on it. Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. Now, Jesus said let down your nets, and that was plural, but he said I will let down the net. I'm not sure if he believed Jesus all the way, because if you really believe they were going to catch a lot of fish, he'd have brought several nets. Amen? Now, if you know the fish are biting, you may bring more than one rod. Amen. Get your wife using two and you're using two. Come on. So they, and it says that, um, and when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. That's a lot of fish, a net breaker. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat. There's the nets that Jesus told them to put down. They're still in the other boat. Now, they get, now they're taking it serious. It says they signal, hey, man, get over here. The net's breaking. Bring the other nets. You should have listened to Jesus, but don't worry about it. Just bring the nets. 
And it says they came and filled both their boats so that they began to sink. Now the boats are sinking. They should have listened to Jesus. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' feet and knees, saying, Depart from me, for I'm a sinful man, O Lord. Now why would he say that? Because he didn't believe Jesus. He's kind of like, well, since you said it, I guess I'll do it. Because I'm going to be a good man. I, I trust you. But he really didn't believe. Now, help, you know, that's what a guy prayed. Help me in my unbelief. Amen. He didn't. He only got one net, one boat. And now he's having to scream at the other boats and nets. And come on, we got to go. We, we're, 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 they're filling us up. And then, for he had all, for he and all who were with him were astonished at the great catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will catch men. So when they had brought brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. Now, you'd think after they just had the biggest catch of the history of the Simon's fishing crew, that he would have said, Man, let's let's go fish some more, man. We're going to make more money than we've ever made. You know, we'll be able to feed our families forever. But... Jesus said, after he, he repented, he said, follow me, and I'm going to make you fishers of men. And it says they left everything and followed him. That's a pretty good thing. I, 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 he really did repent. He repented, got things right, and said, okay, I'm, I'm going to do it. I, I got, you got me now, Jesus. You know, one time Jesus said, you know, y'all got to see a sign to believe. Blessed are those that have never seen any signs, and they still believe. Maybe you say, I've never seen a sign. I've never seen anything. Well, when the, Jesus said, blessed are you if, you if you do these things and you, you haven't seen a sign. Now, one of the things we want to look at, there's a couple things we want to look at. But first of all, we want to, we want to look, talk about obedience today. We're talking about listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit, walking in obedience. And we're going to see some things about obedience that maybe you've never seen before. But verse 5, I want you to go back and look at that. It says, but Simon answered him and says, Master, we have toiled all night. And have caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down my nets. In other words, what they were washing their nets when, when Jesus came up on them. When he started speaking, they, they were over there washing their nets while he was speaking. That means you're done fishing. You, 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 you're cleaning your rod and reel off. You're putting it up. And, it, as, and they were cleaning their nets because they hadn't caught anything. And they, they fished all night and didn't catch anything. And all of a sudden, somebody says, put down your net one more time. You'll, you'll get a great luck. Well, I'm going by everything I've seen. I'm looking at my circumstances. I'm tired. I'm going to go take a nap. I worked all night. I don't even want, And we just cleaned our nets. You know, so let's give Peter a little break. Some of y'all, are, we're, are kind of, we're all kind of hard on him, you know. So he says he, um, he said, uh, he, he says he toiled all night. Now, I want you to look at something. I, I heard somebody, in fact, I wrote this note in my Bible over in Proverbs 10.22. I don't know if I have that verse. Maybe I do. Maybe I don't. It says, uh, in the NIV, it says, the blessing of the Lord brings wealth. Wealth is not necessarily money. It could just be an a, a, a overflow, a, a large supply, a, a more than enough. Somebody say more than enough. If you got more than enough, then you can help somebody. Somebody says, uh, you know, I just need enough for me, my wife, my son John, his wife, us four, no more. You know? No, we, we want more than enough. That's El Shaddai is the God of more than enough, the, the God that shall supply all my needs. You know, if, if your needs are being supplied, then you can supply somebody else's needs. Somebody say amen. And somebody say, I don't know if I believe all that prosperity gospel. Listen, I, if you're just believing God for money just so you can say you have money, then you, you got it all wrong anyway. 
you know, you, you might need a bigger vehicle so you can carry more people to church. Amen. What's your reason? Just so you say you got a big vehicle or whatever. You know, there's a the Bible says, "Give and it shall be given back to you." That that heart of a giver is just serving and sowing and giving. It's a life of giving. For God so loved that He gave. God's a giver. I always tell people, if you'll get it with God, you'll be on the giving side, and you'll never run out. Amen. God, the Bible says, um, God gave seed to the sower. Who, that means somebody that's doing the sowing is going to be the one getting the seeds. Amen? That's good preaching. Somebody can say hallelujah every now and then. Hallelujah. So it says here, the blessing of the Lord brings wealth without painful toil for you. You know, in the Old Covenant, they had to, it was all by works, and you had to keep all these laws and all these customs, and you, you still got to keep the law, but we're under grace, and, and grace fulfilled the law. That don't mean you, you can still do all these things. Paul said, God forbid. Shall we sin that grace may abound? No. But the grace and the blessing of God came under the new covenant. Jesus said he gave them the keys to the kingdom. And I think Caleb was preaching here a couple weeks ago that he gave us all authority. That the kingdom is ours. Now, he's still the head. And we get our orders from him. You're not out there on your own. We're the body and he's the head. But he's seated at the right hand of God the Father and he's praying for us. He gave us the keys. That represents authority. In Matthew 16, he said, Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. And the blessing of the Lord maketh rich, and he addeth no sorrow, no toil. Now, they were toiling all night. Now, that don't mean you go out and just speak to the fish. I mean, if you can, go for it. Hallelujah. I like to catch fish if I'm going fishing. Amen. So, um,. I wanted you to see that because sometimes we think we got to do all these things. Now, they're, they're, I, I tell people, we, you know, Paul said uh, we work by, because we have faith. Faith without works is dead. Faith without corresponding action. You know what I mean? We've got to put legs to our faith. Amen. You don't work. Your, you don't work. You don't, you don't. Works is not how you get your salvation. You get your salvation through faith. But works should accompany that. Somebody say amen. I can tell my wife I love her all day long, but if I'm, I'm, I ain't getting up to help her do anything, after a while she's going to question my love. All you ever do is lay around on the couch and want me to pick up after you. We don't, she don't play that game. Amen. Hallelujah. She wants to see some work. Show me you love me. Hallelujah. Okay, we're going to look at, um, look over at uh, Genesis chapter 22. This is where we want to see something about obedience. So what happened was Simon obeyed. He did obey. But you could tell it was kind of like, well, I'm going to do it. Jeez, don't you see those nets over there? We just finished washing. and I'm sure there was a lot of stuff going through his mind. But he said, but nonetheless, at your word, I'll do it. I'm, I'm glad he at least did that. But I think he, if we'd have really been in faith and really been obedient. You know, the Bible says if you'll be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Uh, I went to Rainbow Bible Training Center, and Pastor Dad Hagen was uh, was. Was, would, would teach, and he taught, and he said, you know, I was, I was pastoring a church for, I think he was pastoring for 12 years, and he said that the church would take care of you, and even if you didn't have enough money, they'd bring you eggs and ham, and, and we'd go home, and there'd be groceries piled up at our door. That's a good thing to come home to when, you, when you're struggling. And the church would help him buy his suits, and then when he'd go off on meetings, they'd pay his way to go to meetings. Well, when he left the church and started going out in evangelism, he said it was hard. I can't buy no more suits. I got to buy my own tires. 
I got to buy my own groceries. Ain't nobody bringing chickens to the house anymore. You know, ain't nobody bringing fish. Ain't nobody bringing milk or cheese. And, and he says, my kids aren't properly clothed. I, my tires are bald. My car's falling apart. I got three notes on it, having to borrow money. And he said, Lord, you said if I'd be willing and obedient, I'd eat the good land. He said, well, you're obedient, but you wasn't really willing. He said, don't tell me you can't get willing in a hurry. I got willing fast. He said, Lord, I'm sorry. I, I confess it as sin. I'm going to get willing. And he said, and he, then he started learning about the authority that he had. He always knew about healing. And he started getting into the authority of the believer and started believing God for things. Because, you know, we want to be in that place that God's called us to be, that perfect place that God's called us. And listen, I always tell people, that, they say, well, I'm just not sure I'm where I'm supposed to be. If you'll stay focused on Jesus, that, his GPS will get you where you need to go. The steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. Amen? A righteous man. And that's just... Uh, somebody that's under the blood of Jesus. If you get under the blood of Jesus and just bloom where you're planted, your GPS, your spiritual GPS will line you up. Don't go, don't go try to do it yourself. You may, you may think, well, I'm in the worst place in the in the world. I can't stay. I remember one time I thinking I can't go one more day working this job. And in two years, it was two years. Now, if you'd have told me it had been two years, I said, man, I'm out of here. But the Lord graced me to make it through those two years. And there was things I learned there and did there. And, and God promoted me out of those. Amen? Sometimes we're just, we're just quick to turn and run before the time's up. Amen? That's good preaching. Somebody say amen. Obedience to the will of God. This is something, some quotes I'd heard. Obedience to the will of God always begins with something you can do but ends with something only God can do. Now, I'd write that down if I was you. Obedience, is that on the screen? It's not. Obedience to the will of God always begins with something you can do, but ends with something only God can do. What did, what did Simon do? In the boat. I'm going to give you a cute clue. He had a net in his hand, and he's in a boat. He let down the net. So who did that? Jesus did. No, Simon did. Jesus didn't let down the net. Simon let down. Somebody just got something. Somebody keeps waiting on Jesus. I'm just waiting on God. Well, you can keep waiting because he ain't putting down the net. You're the body of Christ. He's the head. He's going to make it happen. you got to drop the net. We could go home right now if you just got that revelation. But we're going to give you some more. You got to let down the net. It says, "If obedience to the will of God always begins with something you do, but it ends with something God can do." Now he he couldn't make them fish get in that net. He could pray. He he toiled all night. He didn't catch one fish, and Jesus filled the net. Man, I'm telling you, you better hang with the head. You better hang with Jesus. Somebody say Amen. You better stay at that intimate place with God, and you better stay sensitive to the Spirit of God. And the exciting thing about it is, you're going to see here in just a few minutes. That as you stay sensitive, you're going to get more sensitive. So then he said, "Then so this is something else somebody said. We're, we're going to, I didn't forget about Genesis 22.5. Hold on. What is it that won't happen if you don't obey? You've got to ask your, there's a question mark there. What is it that won't happen if you don't obey? My neighbors won't get saved. And somebody said, well, are you just going to cook steak? What are you going to do, write scriptures on the baked potato? You know what I mean? What are you going to do? You're going to put, you're going to write scriptures on the plates? I, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not going to mention Jesus. I'm going to love, love, listen, listen. 
That's uh, we go to go into the prison for the Kairos, and that's what they say. They say all you do on the anybody ever done a Kairos weekend prison? They say what is it? Love, love, listen, listen. You just love them, and you and we feed them, and we love on them, and then we listen to them. And then we give them something else to eat, and then we love them, and then we listen to them. Ain't a lot of people listen to inmates. So I don't want, really want to go into prison. Well, Jesus said if you as much as you did it under them, you've done it under me. Jesus is in prison. He said, when do we visit you in prison, Jesus? He said, when you did it under them. I said, Jesus is in jail. You better go see him. Hallelujah. So he says, so what is it that won't happen if you don't obey? And here's the last one, question mark. What mission will not be accomplished because of your lack of obedience? And listen, I'm not, I'm not, we ain't, this, this is not a condemning message. If we had this, a, a schedule out here beside me, that was just kind of floating. You know how they had those little screens? Of, like, I don't know how all that works. The three-dimensional. They say they're coming out next year, but I don't think they are. Anyway, uh, what do you call that? Hologram. Yeah, but there was a hologram beside me that had a record of how many times I didn't obey. And I did. Ooh, I don't think I'd, I'd be kicking the hologram. Unplug that thing. Quick! Because I don't think they want me to preach anymore today. Can, can I get a witness? I, I just don't want that brought brought up, but but let's work on it. Amen. We're moving in the direction of obedience. And, and uh, you know, listen, God loves you more than you love yourself. I don't. You, you got children. I got. I've got four children. I got five grandchildren. Man, I don't. I can't love them. I just there's so much love coming out of me for them. I they could cuss me and spit on me, and I I don't like that. But I still love you. Well, I hate them. That'll don't, I'll never speak to them again. Man, you crazy? That's my baby. But God loves you as much as you love them. In fact, more. And He's not up there. You stupid idiot. That's it. You're done. You know. That's that grace. He, he, and He says, if you confess your sins, confess your faults, make it right, stand up, and let's dust yourself off, and don't. And the devil wants to get you in condemnation and keep you there and keep worrying about your past. But Jesus keeps saying, you got a future. you got a future. Keep going. Somebody said, I'm going through hell. I said, don't stop. Amen? Okay, Genesis 22, verse 5. Now, this is, this is the first place where the word worship is mentioned in the whole Bible. First time, worship. And uh, it's where um, Abraham has he's obeyed God. He, he got the promised seed. And, and now God says, I want you to sacrifice your, your only begotten son up on the mountain. So he takes his, his son up on the mountain, and he's going to sacrifice him. And, and somebody said, I, I, and I said this. I said, somebody said, I said, I said, I really struggle. I, I could believe somebody gets swallowed by a fish, but I just cannot believe somebody would going to kill his son. Because I talked about how much I love my children. But you've got to understand something. You go into, I think it's Romans 6, 16. It says the gospel was preached. It's not Romans 6, 16, but it's. It, trust me, it's in there. It says the gospel was preached to Abraham beforehand. What is the gospel? The gospel is the good news that God sent his only begotten son to die as a man to take our place, to get back what a man lost, Adam. The Bible calls Jesus the second Adam. And I'm going to tell you, the covenant was cut with Abraham. It wasn't cut with a Israel, Israel. No, Israel became out of Abraham. A man named Abraham was so stinking obedient I don't know if he can be stinking obedient, but he was. He was so obedient. 
in, in the face of you're going to have a baby and you're going to be 100 years old. And why, why, why? Your seed's going to be like the sand. And see them stars? You can't even count them. You, 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 that's your seed. And he's like, ah. And, you know, he told him to leave his country and get out of his father's home. He says, where am I going? Don't, I don't care. I, I don't know. Just go. You'll find out when you get there. That's faith. The Bible says it was imputed to Abraham as righteousness. As, because he, remember, without faith it's impossible to please God. Abraham pleased God. The Bible called him a friend of God. Because he was just saying, yes, God, I believe you. I believe you. And I really struggle with that. He's going to kill his son up on the mountain. But he saw in the spirit that the, the seed would come through his loins to take. In other words, I'm going to give up. A man is going to give up his son so God can send his son. John Wesley, the founder of the Methodist Church, he said it seems that God can do nothing for mankind unless someone asks him. And he said, I don't know why, but based on what I read here, it seems that way. The Bible says you have not because you ask not. Because I'm I'm struggling with this whole story of a man who's going to sacrifice his son. It sounds like the most, there's a lot of uh, atheists that say that's the craziest thing I've ever heard of. They don't get it. It was a spiritual thing. And guess what? When he's getting ready to stick the knife in, the voice from the heavens opened up. An angel said, stop, Abraham. He said, now that I know that you are willing to give your only begotten son. Think about that. Only begotten son. Where have you heard that before? So he says, you were, you were, you were not willing to withhold your own. And he goes, now I'm going to send my seed. And your, my, the, the seed that's coming through your lawns will possess the enemies of your, at your gate. And that's what Jesus said in Matthew 16. He gave him the keys of the kingdom. He said, the gates of hell shall not prevail against you. So Jesus got the keys and gave them back. Amen? And I tell you, I preached this, what was it, about three weeks ago. It was a good word. If you didn't get it, you need to go back and find it. I, I, I took notes galore. That's good stuff, brother. Hallelujah. So, um, so that's the first time. I had to say all that to say that's the first time the word worship was mentioned in the Bible. So worship means sacrificing your son? Is that what you're saying? No, worship is obedience. Everybody say obedience. I believe every time you see the word obedience in the Bible, you can translate it worship or vice versa. I will worship the Lord with all my heart. I will obey the Lord with all my heart. In fact, I just saw this this morning. This was after. This may not be in the notes because I think this came after. Romans 5.19 says, For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience many will be made righteous. Who's the man that disobeyed? Adam. Who's the man that obeyed? Jesus. Jesus became a man. Emmanuel. God with us. He became flesh and dwelt among us. So I'm going to read it like this. For as by one man's disworship or lack of worship, many were made sinners. So also by one man's worship, many will be made righteous. I'm telling you, you can almost translate those words the same. Worship. Worship's not, I always tell people, they didn't have a guitar on that donkey when they were going up in the mountain. Amen? There wasn't no bongos or congos or what's that little box you played, Jason? A cajon? I didn't know what that was. They didn't have no cajons. Hallelujah. He, so, and, and just so you'll see this, in John chapter 14, there's two places in John chapter 14, verses 15 and verse 21. Jesus said this twice in John 14. If you love me, 
you will keep my commandments. If you love me, you'll do what I say. That's what my wife says. She got that from Jesus. Hallelujah, Julie. Does Van say that to you, Julie? You say, Van, if you love me, you'll, or vice versa. Now, we do, we do use that little crowbar every now and then. I, I use the example of, uh, this, this, is, this is pretty interesting. My, so I'm, I'm sitting, my wife can cook. I mean, there ain't no, you can ask any of these folks. Anybody ever ate at my wife's house? You need to come eat. She can throw down. She, was, she done got the fall thing. We got pumpkin bread and pumpkin spice and pumpkin pie and pumpkin smell. And my, my, my nose hairs is curled up from pumpkin smell. Anyway, so, uh, so, so this is just something. The Lord just showed me this one day. So she got these. I mean, she, she did this job one day, fried chicken and homemade biscuits and mashed potatoes with gravy. The, I'm talking the good gravy, the, with the, uh, this good stuff. And it's up there. And there's, there's dishes piled everywhere. So my daughter comes over to me, and she sits. She kind of sits down beside me, and she looks at me. She says, Dad, I just love you. You're just awesome, Dad. And I'm like, Victoria, I, I love you too, baby. I said, Victoria, could you, could you go in there and help your mom with those dishes? They, they piled high, and she did a fine job today. Could you go in there and help her? And she looks at me and says, but, Daddy, I just love you so much. And I said, honey, I love you too. You're so awesome. But could you go in there and help your mom with those dishes? They're piled up. And she goes, Dad, don't you hear me? How much, don't you understand how much I love you? You're just the most awesome dad. She's so busy telling me how much she loves me, she ain't listening to what I'm saying. And I heard somebody say one time, they said, God never speaks to me anymore. I said, well, you need to go find the last thing he told you to do and go do that. Maybe you can get back on talking terms. Amen? Because I'm not going to come up with a new chore for Victoria. Let's see. That didn't work. How about the grass? You think you can deal with the grass, baby? No, we got, we, we got to take this thing in steps. We got an issue with the dishes. You either you got, uh, you got hearing problems or you're being rude or, or your, your worship ain't real. Could it be that your worship ain't real? You know, Jesus told uh, Martha, uh, he said, you're troubled about a lot of things, but Mary's chosen the one thing, the most important thing. She's sitting at my feet. Listen, if Jesus comes to my house, we're going to get to fine china, and we ain't, we ain't going to KFC. I'm going to let my wife handle that. But I'm telling you, we're going to stop, drop, and roll when Jesus gets there. We need to have the food ready because when he gets there, we're going to stop. We may put the food back for a little while because we want to listen. Amen. And, and one of the things, it's uh, intimacy, hearing from God. He, he's, uh, uh, the, there's a, I keep thinking of all these scriptures. Uh, uh, Philippians 4, 6, it says, Be anxious for, for nothing. Don't worry about anything. But in everything, with prayer and supplication, let your request be made known to God. That's everything. That word anxious, is a, it's a Greek word, merimna, and it means to be broken into many parts. And all I can think of when I see that is a pie. Jesus wants the whole pie. You know, what I got, or, or, or your heart. I, I've, I'm, I've compartmentalized my heart to where, uh, well, my wife's got a third of my heart, but there's another lady across town that's got another third, and then there's this old girlfriend that's still got about a third when I was in the... She's looking at me like, boy, I'm going to slap you. You keep saying that. No, she got my whole heart. Ain't, ain't nobody got any of my heart but her. And if somebody starts trying to get into that, you better get her to get it out. That's where the Word of God and the Holy Spirit will help. Now, listen, we, we ain't saying you ain't going to get tempted and things don't come, but you, you run that stuff out. Punish disobedience. I, I, I use that quote by, um, what's that guy, Leroy Thompson? He said, my spirit man caught my mind 
looking for something to worry about, and we shut it down. I don't know about you, but I'm, I've woken up in the morning thinking, what am I supposed to be worrying about? Man, that is the devil with a capital D. You need to shut that out and start quoting Scripture. Amen? And we all do that. Let's see, am I supposed to be worried about chemistry, or is it algebra, or is it... Is it my nut job, or am I supposed to be worried about my mother-in-law, the situation we got? Oh, mother-in-law. Did I say mother-in-law? I didn't mean that. I'm sorry. I love my mother-in-law. I kiss her on the lips when I see her. I just love her. Amen? But sometimes my mind says things different. I have to shut it down. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But my mother-in-law walks in. She's the queen, baby. She get, My wife said, my mother-in-law's coming. Okay, I'm backing up. Go hang out with your mother-in-law. I love her. I'll go with you all if you want me to. They like to have that little time alone. Hallelujah. Okay. In John chapter 4, verse 21 through 24, Jesus, we were talking about if you love me, you'll do what I say. Jesus said to the woman in John chapter 4, 21 through 24, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. What is worship? Obedience. You worship or you obey what you do not know. You know what you obey or worship. I'm, I'm changing that out if you can't tell. For salvation is of the Jews. But an hour is coming and now is when true obe- obeyers or worshipers will obey or worship the Father in spirit and in truth. And we're going somewhere, so hang with me. For the Father is seeking such to obey Him, to worship Him. He's seeking more Abraham. God is a spirit and those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and truth. What time is it? I left my watch down there. Oh, we, we're doing good. We, I'm, I'm going to get you out of here early. Listen, you've you got to listen because you, you might miss something here. You don't want to miss anything. You don't walk out of a movie. Y'all walk out of movies? I don't walk out of movies. I don't even like people moving while I'm watching a movie. So hang with me. If you've got to go to the bathroom, squeeze them legs. Come on. So, it, and, um, so he says, God is a spirit. And we're talking about obedience is worship. So those who obey him must obey him in spirit and in truth. Truth is the word of God. Spirit is the Holy Spirit that leads us and guides us into all truth. Folks, I'm going to tell you something. You want to walk in the Spirit, you need to be walking in the Word. You want to walk in love, walk in the Spirit. If you want to walk in the Spirit and walk in love, walk in the Word. The Word won't allow you not to walk in love. Somebody say amen. In Ephesians 5.15, this is good. See that you walk circumspectly. That's one of those five-syllable words that I struggle with, but we're going to look at it in just a second. Not as fool, don't be a fool, but as wise. We've got to be wise. Redeeming the time. Taking advantage of the time because the days are evil. Can I get a witness that the days are evil? The NIV says, be careful then how you live. I can't be talking trash to my neighbors. I don't care what they say. Spit venom at me, but I'm going to spit love back. And it's easy to get caught up in it. You cut the law on me, I'm going to cut the law on you. Be careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. I ain't wasting an opportunity. The storm came. Oh, this is bad. I'm going to go over. And I, we were, uh, my, my cousin Ryan was blowing everybody's yard with his huge blower. My, my son-in-law's got these huge blowers. It looks like Ghostbusters. You know, and he's blowing everybody's yard. And we're, I'm raking the other neighbor's yard. We're cleaning the streets. I said, man, and he, my son was there. I don't know. There was 30 people out here moving a tree, little kids. There was some girl. She picked up a tree. I was like, my God. 
what? Oh, I couldn't pick this thing up. I don't know who she was, but she needs to be a weightlifting champion for the Olympics. But just getting things done, they were they were helping and serving. And the Lord said, this is it. Now's your opportunity. Now's your opportunity. You start telling them, we're going to have a steak dinner. You're invited. How do you like your steak? Go ahead and get it ready. Hallelujah. Somebody says, filet mignon's expensive. I don't care if it costs $500. We're going to win all my neighbors to Jesus, and he'll supply the need. Hallelujah. And I like filet mignon. Hallelujah. So, we're making the most of everybody. I'm sorry, let me go back and look at that word. Sir, making, let's see, what is it? What did the other one say? Watch how you live. Watch how you live. So, I, when I was a youth pastor for years, so I would try to break it down circumspectly. Now, I was a horrible student when I was in school. But I'm trying to think of that word. So, I'm, I'm struggling. Circum, I'm thinking circumference. So, you're walking in a circle. Not really, but you know what I mean? As you're walking, you're kind of. Surveying the scene, kind of like a GPS whoop, whoop, sonar, whoop, spiritual sonar. Walking circumspect. I know those are spectacles, eyes, glasses, something. Lee is how you do it. That's an, an adverb. Isn't that right? Y'all thought I was stupid. Come on now. How you walk. Walking circumspectly. Now, I don't do that because I'd be throwing up in a few minutes, but you know what I mean? You're, 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 you're surveying, you're, you're in the spirit realm. You're looking. You're in Publix, and there's a woman crying on aisle four. I ain't got time for her. I've got to get that milk for my wife. If there's a woman crying on aisle four, you need to find out why the woman's crying on aisle four. Maybe she lost her checkbook. Or maybe she just got a phone call from her husband and says, I'm leaving you. I'm going moving off with the secretary. I don't know. It ain't none of my business. But I'm not going to walk by a woman on aisle four that's just crying. And he says, I don't feel comfortable talking to a woman. Go get somebody else. Call your wife and hand her the phone. Talk to this woman. I, I, can, I know I can call Stephanie. It's my wife's cousin. I said, Stephanie, this woman's crying on aisle four. I feel uncomfortable. Would you talk to her? And I guarantee Stephanie said, hand her, hand her the phone. Honey, I'm going to pray for you right now. And she'll get her name and phone number and go see her. We just got to make the most of every opportunity. And instead of walking out holding a sign, going up and down the aisle, like, turn or burn, repent or be sent, you know. Taping tracks to the Cracker Jack boxes or something, you know what I mean? Some are going to get Cracker Jack, some are going to get saved. Hallelujah. I, I, if that's what God called you to do, maybe that's a good thing. You just put them on the right box. Hallelujah. Romans 8, I'm almost done here. Romans 8, verse 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, those who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Now we're going to look at verse 5. We're jumping around in Romans 8. That was verse 1. Therefore, no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Verse 5 says, For those who live according to the flesh... No, I think that's still verse 1. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their things on the Spirit. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons and the daughters of God. That's, that's not just talking about sons. It's talking about sons and daughters. Children of God. Verse 5, for those who live according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. Verse 14, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Somebody say amen. Listen, there's people that you're, I'm, I'm afraid to just be fully, fully committed to God. I won't ever get anything done. Oh God, Man, I'm going to tell you something. While you're doing what God said, those 14 things that you had to do will get taken care of. My son-in-law told me, he said, I had these five people I needed to meet. 
and I felt like the Lord told me to go over here and do this. I walked into wherever it was, and he said, all five people I need to see were in the room. God's a big God. He loves you. All things will work out to the good of those that love the Lord and, and wa- are watching after his purposes. Amen? I want you to li- listen to this little note. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. The phrase, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, I found this in my Bible, and this was awesome. The phrase, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, is more than a synonym for Christians. What is a Christian? Somebody that's led by the Spirit. No, it's more than that. It describes the lifestyle of those who are sons of God. Paul is giving encouragement not to live according to the flesh, but put to, de- put to death the deeds of the body. Therefore, being led, therefore, being led by the Spirit involves putting to death the sinful appetites of the lower nature. This implies that while you are Christians, while all Christians are in the same general sense being led by the Spirit of God, there are increasing, listen to this, there are increasing degrees of being led by the Spirit. The more fully you're being led by the Holy Spirit, the more completely will they be obedient to, the, to God and to conform to His holy standards. The more you give into that, the more completely you'll be filled with God. That's, you know, the fullness of God. We pray that prayer in Ephesians 1, that I'll be filled with all the fullness of God. I can pretty well tell you I'm not filled with all the fullness of God. I'd probably be blinding y'all right now. I, 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 but we, somebody say, oh, you just, you, you just can't get there. I, don't tell me that. And maybe I won't, but I'm going to die trying. When I, when I get to Chris, I almost made it to the fullness of God. Amen? I want, to be, I want the fullness of God. And listen to this. He says, since the Greek word translated led is a present participle. That's a little beyond my English help. But it may be translated. I do know what that means, the continual process. Is that right? Present participle. It's continually happening. It says, as many as are continually being led by the Spirit of God. As many as are continually being led by the Spirit of God. That's what it means, those that are led by the Spirit. That's just one, not a one-time thing. Amen? The leading is not to be restricted to objective knowledge of the commands of Scripture and in conscious effort to obey them, though it most certainly includes obeying Scripture. Rather, it more fully includes the subjective factor of being sensitive to the promptings of the Holy Spirit throughout your day. Promptings that, if genuinely from the Holy Spirit, will never encourage us to act contrary to Scripture. You'll never act con- contrary to Scripture. And you know, I've been I've been places, and I've been I've been in, I've been in services where a guy's preaching, he'll say something, and I was like, "Oh, I can't say Amen." And I said, well, what's wrong with me? Everybody's screaming amen. And the Lord said, that ain't right. I go, well, it's not. Sounds good. He goes, where's the scripture? I said, oh, I don't see a scripture. It's just a thought. You better, the Bible says, Jesus, God says, I exalt my word above my name. God's a God of his word. Let every man be a liar and God be the truth. The word of God is truth. Somebody say amen. John 17, 17, thy word is truth. We need truth. 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3. I've got about one. This is actually my last scripture. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 6. So, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. Now, we're in the flesh. For the, some, I don't have to remind you you're in the flesh, right? For the weapons of our warfare are, are not carnal, but mighty in God to the pulling down of strongholds. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought, everybody say every thought, 
into captivity to the obedience. I like that. Obedience. The worship of Jesus Christ. And being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. I don't know about you, but the more I do it, I want to do it. Amen? I hadn't gotten this thing down, but I'm, I'm growing. I'm going somewhere. I mean, I, there, there's, there, I still mess up. I, 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 I say something to my kids I shouldn't say. I, maybe I say something to my wife I shouldn't say. I'm gonna, you better be quick to repent and quick to forgive because the love walk will, dis, will disconnect the power of God in a second. Faith worketh through love, and God is love. You know, somebody said that uh, uh, abideth, now abideth faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. Well, you know why the greatest is love? Because hope ain't God and faith ain't God, but God is love. We were in a meeting, uh, what day was that, Jake? The conference that day, saying at the conference center. Thursday, Thursday morning. It was um, there was a um, a man speaking, and in fact, the speaker couldn't come because he couldn't get his plane. They had to cancel his flight. So this guy drove down from Atlanta. He was the right guy for the right time. Because the Holy Spirit, I told Pastor Mark, had been dealing with me about that's my gift of angels. I'm trying to figure out how can we get more people saved. We're going in schools. We're, uh, we're, we're doing programs in front of kids with lights and video and sound. We're giving things away. And we're trying to get the kids to come back and bring their mom and daddies back so we can preach the gospel to them. I'm trying to fill up a pond with fish so we can sing the pond. That's basically what we do. We're throwing out fish food and we're doing all we can to get the fish to come. Amen? So I'm sitting in this meeting and this guy says he was an atheist that got saved when he was... Uh, he grew up in Southern California and he was a staunch atheist. But he said somebody started listening to him and started loving him and they gave him Jesus and he got born again. And he said, none of my family was saved. He grew up in a hardened family. His, his, his mother and father were divorced, I think, five times. And he's an older gentleman. He said, my lifestyle was just so screwed up. And he said, and you, when, I, when I got saved, I went crazy. I'm telling everybody, you got to get saved. You get saved. He said, there wasn't no love for about eight years. And then I, I got a hold of John 3.16. I said, I figured you got a hold of that before that. But he said, for God so loved the world that he gave Jesus. So we got to love the world so much that we give them Jesus. Because John 14.6 says, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. Now, you can go up and talk about your church. You can talk about your wonderful pastor. You can talk about our worship, wonderful, wonderful worship team. You can talk about, but that ain't going to get nobody saved. And they might not ever come to your church. I'm, I'm not saying don't invite people to church. That's a good place to start. But we've got to give them Jesus. So this guy just says, here's what I started doing. Atheist, drug addict, on the golf course he's out there playing with these guys. They're just no Christian, no Christian background. And he just listens and listens and listens. Sometimes he says, I, I listen so much I have to bite my lip. And sometimes I can almost feel blood running down my cheek because I'm biting my lip because I want to say something so bad. And I struggle with listening. My wife says, you're going to have to work on that. I said, you're right. So as he's listening, he's praying. And then all of a sudden, he'll say, what are you going to do about Jesus? And he probably says it a little less abruptly than how I said it. He leads up to Jesus. He says, you got to, you, who, who is Jesus to you? I think that's how he said it. Who is Jesus to you? And he said, Jesus is a good man. He said, Jesus wasn't a good man. Jesus was the son of God that came to this earth and died and rose again. 
Now, if you don't believe that, then Jesus is a liar. Or Jesus is an idiot, a lunatic. He was a crazy person. I think somebody wrote a book, a lunatic, liar, or Lord. He's one of the three. Because either he was a, a complete idiot, he was a complete liar, or he really is Lord of all. And he says, here's what happened. I told that guy that on the golf course. By the time we got the next tee, he says, I got to go home. He couldn't deal with it. He's gotta, he was put in a position, you got to deal with Jesus, man. I don't know. If, I feel a little uncomfortable doing that to people. But the way he did it, I'm sure he's, he's done it for years. He says, I, I listen to them and I love them and they respect me and we have a relationship. And then I just said, what is Jesus to you? And that, that's not very intrusive, you know what I mean? It's just a simple question. If I was just riding horses somewhere and I said, Julie, what do you think about Jesus? And you say, I think Jesus likes horses. Now, I, mean, I don't know. Now, I know what Julie would say. Julie would say, Jesus is, he's my everything. I love Jesus. I, I, I serve Jesus. He's my Lord. But people give all kind of crazy answers. Jesus is my horse or something. You know, I mean, I don't know. So what you got to do is you got you to say, well, Jesus is either Lord I'm not saying you got to do this. You, you'd be led by the Spirit. But look for opportunities. I don't know. I just got real excited when I heard that. And, and listen, here's the thing. I, I always look at things like this. There's, there's probably 70 people in this room. I think there should be 140 next week because everybody should be able to get one person saved and bring them to church. And that will turn into their whole family. And then the next week it should be 210. And then the next week, well, there would be more than 210. 280, I'm sorry. You know, it just keeps doubling. We went and looked at a building this week just to kind of look at it. And, and I'm thinking, we, we should be going and blowing. But, but and I don't, the Spirit of God, I don't think the Spirit's ready for us to go. Anyway, we won't. Jesus said, go in all the world and preach the gospel. Tell people about Jesus. And, and look for opportunities. I'm, and don't be crude. Don't get a sign and stand on the corner. And you're going to hell if you don't change. Don't get up on a bench and start screaming at sorority girls because they're all whatever. I've seen that. I've seen it all. Uh, that's not love. That's not love. Amen? Listen, listen, love, love. Now you say, well, that guy, he's a homosexual. Listen to him. Let him talk. You don't know what he's been through. Jesus loves everybody. I don't care what he's done. You may be in a prison talking to an axe murderer. We, we, we were talking to murderers. They were murderers? You talked to murderers? We loved murderers. The Apostle Paul was a murderer. He killed Christians. And he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. God's a redeemer, folks. Let's pray. Father, I'm, I'm challenging myself. Lord, this is a, not a condemning message. Lord, this is a message of victory and excitement. Lord, we have things on the inside of us that would change Lowndes County, Brooks County, Hamilton County, Cook County. Uh, it would touch South Georgia and North Florida. Lord, we thank you for the awesome opportunities you presented us. Lord, we thank you that obedience is worship. Lord, we give ourselves to you to get in that place of growing. We don't know it all. We don't, we're not filled up to completeness, but we're going there, Lord. We ask you to help us. Lord, I thank you for Pastor Mark, that the, the things you're doing with him and Chase there in Kenyon, and you're bringing him back safely to, to come fill us up with things that he's been filled up with. Lord, we just love you. Lord, I pray for everyone in the sound of my voice. 
people that have struggled with lights being out or property. Lord, they will look at every opportunity as an opportunity to, to witness or love on their neighbors. Maybe talk to their neighbors just to go check on them. Hey, are you guys all right? Is there anything y'all need? Is there anything we can do? Because we love you and we're praying for you. We thank you, Father, for having your way in their lives, having your way in this body, having your way in this church. We give you glory, honor, and praise for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Hallelujah. One, one quick announcement before you come. Where's Sarah? Oh, here's Sarah. I'm going to let Sarah do this. We have a great opportunity on the 28th of September uh, to go into a school here in Valdosta. I'm going to let Sarah tell you about it. So we're doing one of our events. How many of you guys have seen Future Now before? Anybody? Okay. Awesome. So for people that don't, this is a wonderful opportunity to be able to reach out to the community that we are in. Um, so it's kind of like a mission trip, we like to think of it, a mission trip to the schools. And so... Um, we need help with volunteers on the day of. So the event happens on September 28th, which is actually a Thursday. We usually do them on a Wednesday, but this one's going to be Thursday. Um, and it's going to be at 7 p.m., but if you want to volunteer, if you come at 6, correct, is the volunteer um, meeting. And we have uh, applications here for you to fill out if you're interested. And on the back of some of them, it says, you know, greeting team, security usher, data. And you can check your what your preference would be, but we'll place you wherever we need help as well. So we 